Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to theamishop.com. That's the A-M-A-I-Shop.com for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Hello, beautiful people. I know this is not the voice or the face that you're accustomed to seeing, but guess what? We have a wonderful surprise for you today. We are putting Chanel on the other side of the camera and we're giving her the opportunity to tell us about her birth stories with her lovely husband, Adrian. I'm really excited. I don't know about you, but a lot of the times when I've been listening to Caribbean birth stories, I've had a lot of questions and I thought to myself, what would Chanel say? What is Chanel's response? And if you listen to part two of the fireside chat, not 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 becoming mothers, they turned it on her and they asked about her favorite song and she was stumped. I hope she's ready because that's going to be one of the questions that we asked her and Adrian. You know a lot about Chanel, but not about Adrian. So I'll tell you a little bit. He has been in multimedia production for the last 20 years. He is the CEO, director, the chief cook and bottle washer at Steady Image. And you'll find more information about Steady Image in the show notes. Um, Adrian, I like to call him the man behind the camera, and just for these purposes, the man behind the woman, um, because without Adrian, I don't think Chanel would be able to produce this podcast. So I'm really excited. Nope, you can't do it without him. Nope. Um, so I'm really excited <laughs> yeah. to have him in front of the camera as well, because I don't think he does that very often. And last but not least, it's remiss of me, I haven't introduced myself. My name is Omnike Robinson Pickering. You might wonder how I get this privilege, and it's because I've known Chanel since we were in high school. We met in Form 1. Not quite inseparable since, but close enough. Um, I, um, I was a bridesmaid at her wedding. I can't take credit for introducing her and Adrian, but I can take credit for keeping them together. I'll just say that. <laughs> and last but not least, and it's a question that I'm going to ask Chanel um, about how how integral I am in Tyree's life. But I think that's enough about me, enough about them, and let's just dive right into it. So, guys, tell me about your journey to parenthood. How does this feel, Chanel? How does it feel? Well, that was a really good introduction. <laughs> I Thank know. you. I was like here just like staring. <laughs> I know. I was all caught up. <laughs> yeah. Omnike, of course. Thank you so much, Omnike, for accepting this role as the host of Caribbean Bird Stories. Um, I couldn't really think of somebody else that would capture the spirits of the podcast. So thank you for accepting. My pleasure. So to answer your question about my journey to motherhood, I think in one word, I would say breathtaking. Um, and not just the actual labor and delivery, I would say the entire experience was breathtaking. From we had a pretty easy and quick conception, pretty much unplanned, but we had recently got married and, you know, the excitement of just living together for the first time, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> a couple of months later, we find out we're pregnant and we were both very excited. I think having, a, having children um, has always been one of our wishes for ourselves, for our marriage, for our future. So it, but it, it took me, it caught me off guard, yes, simply because mm -hmm. I, yes, got the little bit, the morning sickness um, mm -hmm. and being away from home, because at the time um, I was in the US, so I didn't have my family support, I didn't have my friends support. So 
it was a little bit of homesickness mixed with actual morning sickness. So mm-hmm. I felt like in retrospect, I think possibly I would have been going through a little bit of depression just because it was, it, it took a toll on me. I didn't expect that. Um, and I wanted the familiarity of my mommy, my daddy, my friends, you know, and I didn't have that. And yes, I had the support of Adrian um, at my side, but at the same time, when you're accustomed to just family being around all the time, it, it does make it a little bit challenging. So, um, but that's pretty much how we got there in a nutshell. And I'm trying not to be too long-winded with my answers because I know we have a lot to cover, but- um, Yeah, we do. <laughs> so yeah, so that's pretty much it. I'll, I mean, I'll let it, you answer, sorry. Yeah, Adrian, what about you with Annie? You know, what was some of the things that happened that you didn't expect? I mean, this is your first pregnancy. You were there throughout the whole entire period. What was it like? Well, you know, um, well, first, Omnika, let me first just apologize to the audience that I am under the weather. So this is not the oh, usual age, right? So it might look like... Listen, you back this soon. Yes, yes. So so I'm, I'm, we're going to work through this, though. We're going to work through it together. Um, it's one of the bonuses of having a toddler in school that we get to catch every bug that comes our way. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... For me, the journey was, uh, um, I think, behind the scenes, I would tell myself that it was not challenging, but I think it was, you know, especially on an emotional level, because at the same time, you're <clears throat> providing support to Chanel and to, to her emotional needs as well. And sometimes, you know, even for us men, we don't really have that somebody else to fall back on because that would usually be your wife or your right hand person, your spouse. Um, you know, so I think you kind of have to put a little extra effort into it, um, into the whole scenario, you know, because you're, you're dealing with everything at the same time. Yeah. So tell me about delivery. Tell me about labor. Tell me about that whole thing. How did I want Adrian to tell me from his perspective? How did that? How did you know it's time? Well, you know, I, to be honest with you, I was I was actually excited from day one, ever since Chanel, ever since we found out that we were pregnant. Um, you know, I was looking forward to it, you know. I was enjoying the transition in my life and knowing that, you know, we're going to have a family now and to prepare for it. Um, so leading up to it and to the, even to the point of when the, the water broke or the, uh, what do you call it? No, it was a bloody show. The bloody show. (laughs) Right. And you were there when that happened. Yes. Yes. But let me, can I interject please? Because no, no, you can't interject. No, you can't. Not yet. I don't know. The whole journey. I don't know if she's going to interject it into the whole thing, but I, I documented the whole, you know, journey from home to the hospital and through the process. Oh, nice. Oh, you have yeah. to put snippets of that in the video. We'll see. <laughs> but I mean, just you go ahead. Go ahead with this story. Oh, you, you finish. Uh, where did I reach? <laughs> okay, so let me just tell you. So it was like a Friday. Yes, it was a Friday night afternoon. I went to Home Depot to help. Mo- my mother was here. So we were doing some planting, some gardening. And I was about to lift up 
a big bag of topsoil or manure or something. Why, why would you do that? I don't months? know. Okay, I don't right. Because uh, my son wasn't due until the following Wednesday. So I was like, oh, I have time. And I also felt invincible for some reason. But As usual, I was like, oh, yeah. Sounds sound and... familiar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this gentleman was just like, girl, you're about to pop. And I was like, no, 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 no. I have enough time. But anyway, I didn't lift the bag up. But once I got home, I started to feel tired, but nothing out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. Later that, we stayed up watching TV a little bit, and then we were getting ready for bed. So I went to just empty my bladder as usual. And then when I wiped, that's when I saw I had the bloody show. So I'm like, oh my gosh. What is bloody show? So basically- for those the of us who've never been pregnant. Right, so the capillaries and all the blood vessels in that area have now been broken and in preparation for the opening of the cervix and the, you know, the baby to come down. So you have this show of blood that is not typical when you're pregnant um, that kind of signals, okay, the process is beginning. So sometimes it takes a long time to go from the bloody show to your actual contractions beginning. And sometimes it's very right. immediate. For me, it was slow. So I was able, I, we phoned the doctor, you know, let him know. Well, actually Adrian's sister did. And um, we, and then he said to just kind of labor at home for a little bit. And which was fine because I wanted to be, I didn't want to be in the hospital for very long. So I want to do as much of the laboring at home. So. Yeah, um, but I, th I think we, we still waited. We waited too long though. You think so? Yeah, because we, you know, everybody Why do you else, think that, Adrian? Because I, I, I'm not sure why they kept saying, you know, wait and wait and wait, because by the time we got to the hospital, she was already like, like sick. Like five or six centimeters. Centimeters, mm, you know. Okay. But, um, but I mean, it, it wasn't, I wasn't having the contractions. I actually went into bed and I was lying down trying to relax or whatever. <clears throat> but then, it con and we were timing the contractions and they were getting closer together. But I wanted to have a shower because I don't know, I just had this thing, I need to take a shower. So I wanted to take a shower. <laughs> and I went and I took a shower. And I don't know, maybe it was the hot water or what, but as soon as I took the shower, the contraction started to get closer and closer and I started to actually feel discomfort. So I was like, okay, Adrian, let's go, let's go. So we, got, we gathered up all our stuff. Um, my mom was with us, so she came too and we drove to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And when we got to the hospital, I like it. So I just want to interject here. Hmm? So for your listeners, where is all of this happening? Is this happening in Trinidad? Is this happening in the States? Where are you? So we're, this is happening in the US, in Florida. And okay. Um, okay. we actually delivered at Plantation General Hospital. Um, so we got there. And like Adrian said, we were five, I was five, about five centimeters dilated and experiencing the more and more contractions. They took a really long time to check us in for some reason. I don't know why. But at that point, the news was saying, you know, just kind of breathe through it and breathe through it. And, and I had done prenatal classes, mm -hmm. but I don't know, it went through my, out the door. I couldn't even remember what I was supposed to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we just... So I was breathing, breathing. It was just coming stronger and stronger. Eventually, they took us into the labor and delivery room. And I would say here, 
for, <laughs> for mothers who are doing their plan and they have their birth plan, I say as much as a birth plan is important, I think having a playlist for your, your, um, <laughs> a playlist for your labor and delivery is also important. If you're into music, if you're not into music, fine, but if you're into music, so I didn't. So, so let me, ask, let me just ask that question. How long should this playlist be? Well, I guess it really varies, but I would say at minimum an hour to two hours, but then okay. it can loop, right? Um, right. And what, so, what would you, now that you know that, what are you going to put on your playlist if you have another child? Right. So it would be a lot more calming music. So, you know, whether it's <laughs> or um, who else? You know, Adele, even Nora no, Jones. No, so no, no, no. Well, I played a fantastic song for Chanel when she <laughs> Yeah, so on my playlist, however, the actual playlist that I got, Adrian decided that he was, and I mean, I love Masoka. Tell him what Adrian, it is. I know, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> I love Masoka, but he decided that Blacks was the most appropriate Soka tune. What, not Hulk, but another Black song. Um, Not <laughs> yeah, some girl yeah, gonna lose their girl tonight. Somebody, no, go. some man. Go. Oh, sorry, some man gonna lose their girl tonight. Somebody, I don't go. know. Look here, yeah, you know, I forget the name of this song. Omnike, when you're going to the hospital, yeah, this is the reality. All these preparations, playlists, you know, blankets, you know, um. <laughs> You candles. Know, I don't know, candles, whatever toys that you might have in your drawer. <laughs> None of that matters when you get into the hospital. Right. Everything goes out right. the door. It's just a whole, it's, you're, just, you're actually creating a whole new experience in real time. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. But have a playlist because that song, when he started <clears throat> playing it, I was like, he is not playing that right now because... <laughs> Like it was just like irking me. I'm like, no, and don't get me wrong, I love blacks, it have nothing to do with him. But then and there, that was just the wrong song to, to hear. And I was just like, I had to snap. I didn't have to snap, but I snapped okay. and I was like, Yeah, you know, can you please turn that off? <laughs> so, okay. so that's so that's one thing I would say to my listeners. Have your playlist have your if you're playlist. in music, have it ready. Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, no, I was just gonna say, I think where we are now, we're in the hospital, they've checked you in, the nurses tell you breathe. And you're like, I, I don't remember any of these things. Go right, from there. Exactly. Okay, so um, so the OBGYN that I used, he likes to give his patients enemas before they start pushing. And it's What's to help. An enema? So that's where, basically it's medication that they put into your anus to help flush everything out, to kind of clear, clear out your passage. And, it's and why to do help they do that? Because a lot of times when you're bearing down, um, pushing, if you have anything in your your anal passage or in your colon, you can actually push it out during that bearing down okay. process, which is normal. Okay. It, you know, it's, it's not abnormal for stuff like that to happen. However, I think for him, he just, I don't know, I can't speak for him, but he, that's just kind of what he does. And I, am, I wasn't opposed to it simply because I'm also terrified of being constipated <clears throat> so i had this fear that if he didn't do that before after i had this child and possibly having any trauma to the area i'm not going to want to use the toilet so there's yeah. that risk of yeah. me becoming constipated so i was all for right. the enema right so i'm like telling the nurse 
in the room that what time are we getting the enema? You know, like, because I'm ready, <laughs> you know, and I don't want it to get to the point where it's too far gone and we can't do it. And that's exactly what happened. So this is where I want to put a pin in it and say to my listeners, you really have to advocate for yourself and you have to be aware yeah. of what the process and procedures are for your OBGYN because I knew that he wanted that done before. So mm-hmm. I brought it up to the nurse and I said, listen, this is what I want. Da, 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 da. However, she was on her own beat and didn't take me on. And basically the t- I was now maybe seven or so that, um, centimeters dilated and she was like oh no it's too far gone you're gonna be soon pushing etc etc and she didn't give me so I was disappointed Mm -hmm. because I'm now thinking oh my gosh what's gonna happen in the postpartum period um so right so that happened and I was managing Adrian was there he was you know squeezing my calves and stuff like that and I was it was helping right okay Adrian what is happening in your head now what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> what <laughs> what were you doing what were you thinking tell me about what what what's happening on your side um well if you know your friend's personality very well you know, right so it was times 10 so you just follow orders you want to you want me to squeeze a little toe. You want me to squeeze your calf, your heel, you know, pedicure. I don't know. Like, whatever she wanted to do, it. And, you know, you're in the mode of being as supportive as you can because, <clears throat> excuse me, even though it's coming out, even though Kyrie is coming out of Chanel, you know, you, you know it's a part of you as well, too. So you want to make sure that they're both, you know, healthy and you're just as concerned, you know, you see a little blip on the heart monitor, you're concerned, you wonder what that is, mm-hmm. you, you hear the heartbeat of Kyrie, um, you know, it's just a, a bit of a little bit of a rush and anxiety at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so are you, so you're in the room while everything is happening. I'm assuming that this is not the actual delivery room. Is that right? Is this a waiting room? What is this? No. So we're in the actual labor and delivery room. Yeah. Yes. It transforms okay. into a delivery room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Adrian, you're there. And and are you allowed to stay for the delivery? Yes. yes. And my mother was also okay. in the room. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and Auntie Norma so was able to stay would, in the room as well. Yeah. Yes. What I would absolutely okay. say to men, especially, is um, I mean, I went in knowing that I was not going to look at the actual right. child out of the dimension right (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want to be traumatized and then you know i've heard stories of it affecting you know relationships especially the sexual side of things you know because i don't know it's kind of like you see like an exorcism or something so you just throw you off and you know but i decided to just stay by her side and squeeze her hand and her mom decided to stay in front of um of Chanel and she said to me at one point we were looking at each other and she looked at me and she's like it she, she was like this don't look at her she said you don't want to see what I'm seeing oh but, my god I mean, so I'm, I'm sorry view, go ahead no I'm just saying my point of view 
was I could see him when I couldn't see what was going on, the construction, you know? Yes, um, lovely. I'm yeah. so happy that you didn't do that, especially if oh, Auntie Norma looked. I mean, I'm interested about, I mean, I wish Auntie Norma was here too, because it would be interesting to see her perspective on what was happening. And that might be a whole other show, because I don't know of anyone else that you've interviewed who had two people in the room. I might be wrong. Um, so it's maybe something to think about. But um, but yeah, okay, so we're there now. So Chanel, going back to you, I think we're now no enema and you're like seven or eight centimeters dilated. Right, right. What happened? The so the contractions are getting stronger and stronger and I'm realizing this breathing thing is not necessarily working, right? right. So I really wanted to not have to take an epidural. And so I was What's trying. An so that's the medication that they give you. It's anesthetics that they give you through the epidural, the dural matter in your spine, the epidural right. area, right. right? So they inject it there, and it helps just kind of numb the area um, right. of the. You don't feel have feeling in your legs, sorry, um, and in the lower abdominal region, right? So. It helps manage the pain, basically. Um, so I didn't want it. However, the pain started to just become more and more unbearable. So this is my second pin. So I would say, in retrospect, I feel like if I had a doula, so a doula is someone that helps through through the birthing process. It, you know, she or he may guide you um, appropriately as to how to breathe other pain management techniques that your partner might not be able to, to do because they're just not aware of them. Um, and they also advocate for you to the, the other professionals in the room. So the OBGYN and, and the, the nurses, etc. So I felt if I had a doula at that point, they would have been able to say, okay, Chanel, Let's do X, Y, and Z, and let's see if we can push through with the knowledge that an epidural was not part of my original plan. <clears throat> but I felt mm -hmm. like, God bless his soul, Adrian was doing his best, but it was not working. And I just needed another plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see? No, I mean, it, it wasn't working as effectively anymore, right? This is why, this is why I say, guys, just do what you got to do. I don't take it personal. No, you can't it's take just it personal. part of the process. They'll listen. You, you know what's unfair though? We actually went to this class at the hospital for how many weeks, mm -hmm. which I think is the best thing that we ever did. Mm -hmm. Because right. um, you know, it 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 will just at first I was like, eh, I don't want to go to any birth classes and that kind of thing. But it it did help from a knowledge point of view, from even like I said earlier, um, knowing when to go to the hospital mm -hmm. and yeah. you know how many, yeah. how, how much you're dilating and things like that. So um, that was great. So I think that helped a lot. But I don't. I'm not sure what Chanel is talking about. was <laughs> not doing. No, I said it was no longer as effective as it was as the pain intensified. But there's not much yeah. I could really do yeah. in there anyway. The, Correct. The nurses and the doctors. <laughs> To do I, I think I think I think y'all are actually saying the same thing. I think that yeah, Chanel is saying there comes a point in time when you require professional assistance because your partner, having not gone through this experience before, 
doesn't necessarily have all of the tools. So they can take you so far, but no further. Y'all are agreeing. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. The fact that you're 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 hosting this interview, I don't know if there's a conflict of interest. You could be counsel. I don't understand oh. like all that that no, it's fine. But anyway, so there, so I felt like at that point, a doula would have made sense for me or would have yeah. probably helped me get through that period. And possibly, I mean, we don't know what would have happened in the future, but maybe yeah. I would not have had to take it or would not have wanted to take it. And this is an, that same nurse now who refused to give me my enema, also refused to give me the epidural. And I had to beg and ask and beg, you know, because I just couldn't take it anymore. And she, all kinds of reasons why, including telling me that she had three children on her own, all naturally, and she did it. So I could do it too. Mm -hmm. At that point, if my mother was not in the room, I would have given her a nice, <laughs> you know, my mind. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I, I don't think so. She, she wouldn't. Because you see, you see this confidence right here? That you see <laughs> coming out? That's all gone. <laughs> no, when you're in the room, they're all you. Because even when, while giving birth to Kara, I know you haven't gotten to this point yet, but um, at even one point, Chanel almost wanted to give up pushing. Remember? Yeah, but that that's coming down to the end, Adrian. That's no. not now. You're tired. Yeah, I was tired. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, that, that not give up personality, but then yes, you know, it's true. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. eventually. But I, I mean, but that's, that's mm -hmm. something that I want. We will talk about. You know how even your strongest resolve it could be exhausting, but we'll get there. So, but you did get the epidural in the end. I did get the epidural okay. far, far along. And what the anesthesiologist did is that he didn't give me a full dose. He gave me something just to take the edge off. And I felt like right. from the beginning, this is that's something that could have been done because that's all I was asking for, just a little bit of reprieve because it felt like a jackhammer was on my pubic bone, just going, you know, chiseling away. And I didn't have a moment to catch my breath. The contractions were coming so quickly. So I just needed right. something to take the edge off. And um, that's what the epidural did. However, <laughs> on the flip side, it also prolonged my delivery. So mm. instead of, so I was clearly getting very close to being fully dilated, which is why those contractions were coming so quickly. Um, yeah. And yeah. then, you know, so my body is ready to just expel this child. And then now I'm getting the epidural, the contractions are not as strong. So as a result, everything kind of slows down. So mm. I was fully dilated at this point now, 10 centimeters, ready to push. They set me up and then I'm pushing, but, you know, apparently not pushing very effectively either. Mm -hmm. so, Is this something I want to ask? I want to ask, did you know that the epidural could potentially prolong the, the labor? So I only found that out after. And is it a thing like now, now you know that this is a thing? Yes. So literally okay. after I delivered him, tons of people kept saying, oh yeah, that happened to me too. That happened to me. And I'm like, but nobody mm -hmm. said that. To nobody me. told and you. I so that's, that's a takeaway because I mean, I don't think I've ever heard that either. And I suppose mm -hmm. the question I have for you, if you knew that before, would you have stuck to your guns and not had the epidural? Or do you think for you, it's still the pain was just, you needed it. Yeah, I think the only, 
yeah, yeah. It was crucial. It was crucial. It was crucial. I think the yeah. only um person that could have or thing that could have affected my a change in my decision would have been a doula. That I firmly right. believe okay. it. Yeah. Got it. Because okay. if she was there or he was there to help me find different techniques to manage my pain, I would have done I would have chosen right. that path as opposed to but okay. with not with that option not being available, I felt like the epidural was the only way that I could do do it. Okay. Understood. And I think I appreciate you being honest about that and, and you know, and changing your birth plan. I mean, I think knowing that you can is, is really important. Um, yes. So, okay, Adrian, tell us now, how do you know it's time? Time for what? <laughs> what are we talking about? Delivery, Adrian. Delivery. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> well, you know, um, well, what happened? Because I think Kyrie was peeking no. out, wasn't he? No, I don't know if he really knew it was time because it took okay, a right. lot. Let me ask Chanel the question then. Chanel, how did you know? Yeah. Or was there a point when you could say, okay, this is time now? Um, I guess they they said to me, it's time because it, I was fully dilated. Right. So they put me in the position. However, once I started pushing, um, they weren't really seeing that migration of his head coming down um for whatever reason so she kept saying the same nurse my new same nurse she's telling me push 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 like you've been constipated and i'm thinking in my head okay i try to avoid constipation so i'm not and as a pelvic floor therapist i'm also not trying to push through constipation either um so i'm like yeah no that that cue is not working for me but yeah but she kept saying it and i kept trying to do it and one, um, if I can just take a little spin off a little bit and say that I did some training in, because like I said, pelvic floor therapy is my specialty and I really enjoy it. Um, so the training that I did do um, through Herman and Wallace, I actually, the level one, I re- remember clearly going into that class and um, they're teaching us how to do a contraction, a pelvic floor muscle contraction, how to do, how to relax your pelvic floor and how to bear down. And I remember during that class when, so we are normally you're partnered. So <clears throat> each person can observe. And while I was doing it and someone was observing me, they can see me contract. They could see me relax, but <clears throat> sorry, they couldn't necessarily see me bear down. So mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, okay. And you know, so it was something that I, I needed to work on. And I thought mm-hmm. I was working on it because I've been practicing it from, and that was like in 2016 that I did this course. Mm-hmm. So, and I knew at that point that bearing down um, process is what you needed to do to eliminate a child. So mm-hmm. I knew it was important. So that's in the back of my head. And then while I'm pushing now, we fast forward, I'm pushing and I'm this lady saying, okay, push like you're constipated, bear down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot that I need to practice this a little bit more because mm-hmm. here I am trying to bear down and I'm still struggling to help get this baby out. And did you, um, did you remember all of that while you're, while you're delivering? I literally, it was like a light went off when she said, mm. push, bear down and push. And then I realized I wasn't doing it. And I was like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I remember that class you know Mm -hmm. um so but she like i said cueing is so important 
Um, and she was not, this nurse was not doing a very good job. However, when the shift changed, thankfully, I got another nurse. And this nurse. So wait, on- I have a question. How long are you now in labor? Because I feel like this is like 10 days. No, no, it wasn't 10 days. Just a lot happened in a short space of time. But we got to the the hospital at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning. And I delivered him at 11.30 in the morning. So it wasn't an extended delivery. It's just a lot of things happened in a short space of time. And I guess, yeah, because I am aware of what was happening, I documented some of these things. So 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 it was the morning shift now coming on at like six o'clock or seven o'clock or whatever okay so this new nurse is there so you had her for like two hours correct right okay and then this new one has come on who completely changed the game she was giving me she gave me a towel to hold and as i'm pushing i'm pulling on the towels like a push pull yeah right remember that and and that helped. So, I, you know, he was coming out a little bit more. And then she also kind of touched the area where she wanted me to feel moving, where I needed to bear down. She actually put her hands there mm. and I was able to, you know, feel the pressure because I couldn't feel everything, obviously, because of the epidural, but I felt some pressure and and it helped. So it was just amazing just to change in cueing that made right, a difference yeah. when you're listening yeah. to your patient as they say, well, I'm doing it, but you saying the same thing over and over is not going to change the result. And that's exactly and that's what happened with this new news. Um, fast forward to a little bit more. He, Kyrie still kept his head, just kept coming out a little bit and then being sucked back in out to suck back in. So the previous news had, I don't want to say threatened, but in effect, she had threatened me and said, if I couldn't push for more than two hours, if I push for more than two hours, they were going to oh, do an emergency C-section. C-section. Right, remember mm-hmm. that? So of course now I am in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm really not trying to do a C section. So mm-hmm. um I pushed for an hour and a half, right? And mm-hmm. the the OB at that point said, Okay, let's do it. I did not know exactly what he was doing because obviously I can't mm-hmm. really see and he didn't really mm-hmm. vocalize it either. However, mm-hmm. as soon uh, well, not even soon, long after, discovered that I actually had a Vontus delivery, which is a vacuum-assisted delivery, where they put a little cap on the head of the baby, um, and then they use whatever little tool or gadget to help. So when I was contracting and pushing, they used that to help kind of suction him out as well, so to guide him out of the canal with it did you know about that that option before i don't i've not yes. even heard of that yes i knew about it as an option but mm-hmm. i did not know that's what was happening at the time right, right? right. um okay. but i knew that it was something that that was done just like forceps or you know if you have to have an episiotomy mm-hmm. i was aware of those different techniques that went to help get the baby out um but right. in terms of knowing, I didn't know until afterwards that it was actually okay. this Vontus. So it's not delivery. something that required your consent? I mean, are, are there things that could potentially happen to Tyree's head? Like, could he get a cone-shaped head because of the vacuum? Like, should they have asked you, can I do this? Or they could just do it? Well, he, he, he did, did have, have a cone-shaped head. But yeah. a lot of babies have a cone-shaped really? head after delivery based on the fact <laughs> of how long they stay in the- <laughs> 
in the boat for that. Our heads are big already, so can you imagine? Lord God. I know. So most babies do have a little bit of a cone-shaped head, but um, he ended up actually having a subdural hematoma. So, so uh, some blood was underneath the 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 skull. Um, on the skull, no, the skin above the, the skull. Scalp. Yeah, in the right. scalp, and you know, baby yeah, between the scalp and the and the, and the bones. So, right. right. So, so just translating, there was a bump in his head. <laughs> yes, there was a bump in his head, um, and it was as a result of having the delivery with the Vontus, and um, it did resolve. It took maybe about. Maybe a month to fully disappear. Were you worried? Initially, yes. Um, mm -hmm. But the pediatrician assured me that, you know, it would heal and there would be no permanent damage. And I can say okay. now it's almost three that, yes, there's no, there's not been any permanent damage. So, right. yeah, so that was basically our delivery. However, I would say one other thing is that. Normally, you know, I really wanted to do skin to skin as soon as he was born because you, know, you read about it and oh. it helps regulate the baby's heart rate, etc., etc., etc. They did pull him out and put him on me, but he didn't stay on me for very long. So, you know, just initially we cuddle, cry a little bit, Adrian, kiss him, you know, whatever. Adrian cut the umbilical cord, but it wasn't like an extended period of us bonding. And I and I feel like I wanted that. And I wish yeah. I said, no, leave him a little longer, but I didn't. So yeah. that's another thing. If you want it, ask for it, you know? It's a very mechanical system yes. that they have in there. Mm -hmm. It's not a mm -hmm. hallmark card experience necessarily. You kind of have to make it that way mm -hmm. in your head. Mm -hmm. And, and you yeah. know, what you bring from home to the hospital room especially. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, Item number 7787, he's out, boom, okay, carry him to the second floor, wash him off, carry him to that room, this room, and then they bring him to us after a little while. Mm -hmm. Almost like a checklist, room. right? They're just picking off a checklist. Yeah, it was like a checklist. Yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. got it. Yeah. Um, that was okay, so, so I have one question. With the, is it Bontooth? Bontooth? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So once they put that suction thing on his head, was it immediate or did it take, did it still take a couple more minutes or was it like, it was immediate. So as soon really? as he put it on, he told me push. And I guess he used the strength of my push to pull, to help pull him. So it's assisted. Mm -hmm. So it's not a full on vacuum suction out, you know, right. it's, an assisted, yeah. it's an assisted pull. So I pushed and he used that to help guide him out. A little bit well completely right. so and okay, oh, got at that, point, so, um, feel that, that, that big gush of whatever is remaining in my amniotic slack sack just kind of come out and then you also feel that immediate relief and just like oh mm. yeah it was mm. it was it was amazing actually to feel that so did, yeah. does the pain stop immediately it stopped immediately Really? You yeah. just and paint up. Yeah. And it's almost like a balloon just pops, you know, that release of air and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Mm -hmm. As soon as his shoulders came out, boop, it just felt like everything just went oh, deflated. You know, like when you're feeling that pain in your stomach and nobody's around and you're 
No, no. And you're like, oh gosh, that feels so much better. Adrian, <laughs> like that, I know right? exa- yeah, I know exactly what Adrian is saying. No, but that's that's actually I'm glad he said that because that's actually a good example for us to have on feeling good. So I think that's great. Because I know that feeling. I don't know what she's talking about, but I know what Adrian is saying. And now I know exactly I know exactly what Chanel was describing. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you. You're with me. Um, all right, so Good. And just for my own my own benefit, who was the first friend to visit y'all in the hospital? Non-family oh member. <laughs> it was you, Omnike. It was you. Oh, really? Yes. You don't remember? What do you mean, oh, really? You don't remember? Partial oh, I don't think he was there when you actually came. He, I think he, he had wasn't left. there when we arrived. Yeah. Yeah, because Auntie we Norma was there. And then I think he came back. Oh, maybe. No, Auntie was there. Okay, so I don't know where he went. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay, great, thanks. I just needed to get that out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so tell me, okay, so now we have Kyrie. How long do you stay in the hospital? Two nights. Two nights, and while in the hospital, do they give you any advice about what you should be doing when you go home? Oh, or or even before we get there, while in the hospital, what do you think were some of the really helpful things that they, they taught you? Um, I think for me, seeing how tightly I needed to swaddle him in the blankets, mm-hmm. you know, you put the blankets on and you swaddle. I mean, I think both Adrian and I, because they're so tiny, were afraid mm-hmm. to put the blanket on too tightly. But actually, they enjoy when they're nice and warm and cuddled and, mm-hmm. you know, firmly swaddled. It prevents them they, because it reminds them of being in the womb. So I think that was one thing that both of us realized because we learned how to swaddle, but our swaddles were quite loose. His hand was coming out and he wasn't sleeping (laughs) properly and stuff like that. But once the nurse showed us, okay, no, this is how you actually do it. And we're like, oh, that's tight. But he stayed better. He wasn't as fussy. So um, that was one thing for him with respect to him. Um, With respect to me, they didn't really teach me anything about how I should take care of myself. But we did have a lactation consultant come to kind of talk me through the breastfeeding, which was helpful. Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to theamishop.com. That's the A-M-A-I shop.com for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'd be grateful if you could leave a review about what you're loving on this podcast and be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes.